And we all have costumes on anyway. So why don't I wear a costume that I actually want to wear? So instead of me wearing that professional garb that everyone else is like pretending to be, I'm just like, I'm just going to nerd out and do me. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Larry Roberts back with another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. And today's guest, he's right up my alley, man. If you are familiar with the backdrop, you know I got the whole toy thing going on back there. So... I don't let too many people know, but maybe I still like to play with toys from time to time. So I've got someone today that is a positive psychologist that works through all of your issues with play. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think you're ever too old to play. So let's go ahead. Let's jump in. Let's find out more about this interesting take on modern day psychology. Jeff Harry, welcome to the Readily Random Podcast. Oh, so amped to be here. Let's go. Grogu style. Let's do this. <laughs> that Grogu, man, he gets more love than anything I have ever seen in my background. Everybody's like, oh my God, the one. He's the one. It's the way. <laughs> Speaking of the Wait, one. Do you like Grogu or do you like Baby Yoda? Like, well, it's just, just. You know, I mean, I'm I'm fine either way. I just thought it was a cool show. Of course, I was taken by it. So, I mean, episode one, I ran out to the Disney store and jumped on, pre-ordered the Grogu that I have here nice. behind me and waited like six months for it to finally arrive. You Ooh. know, I was like, I'm going to have one. Now they got this cool one and they keep talking about it. But, man, I think I'm just going to have to buy the dang thing. It's, it's like 60 bucks, but it's got 25 pre-programmed responses. And if you pat his head, he does the force thing, man. He tilts his little head back and closes his little eyes and his little ears drop. And he raises his little hand, lets out a sigh. And he hits <gasps> you with the force, bro. Just like that, man. <laughs> okay, you just sold it. I need to go get this right afterwards. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. This is the Grogu episode. It's amazing. I did not mean for it to be, folks. But, hey, you tune in, you never know what you're going to get. That's why we're readily random. So it's it's a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun, man, you have a very unique uh, piece of attire on that I have to comment on. And I've seen some of the other interviews that you, that you were on, and it tends to get some attention. And it's the Lego bow tie. What up with that, man? So I used to work for an organization that would teach kids engineering with Lego, right? And we made these like stupid bow ties just for the sake of making them. And uh, my former colleague, Lisa, was like, hey, I dare you to wear one to to a uh, conference. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally down. Like, I'll wear it all the time. You know, so I put it on and the conference was so much better. So much better because you know how everyone's all serious at conferences. Oh, yeah. And they got yeah. their professional selves. And then I roll in with my stupid bow tie and the nerds, man, the nerds, <laughs> all my, my people. My people my are people talking to me. Team. They're flocking to me out of nowhere. We're like, you want to talk Game of Thrones right now? You want to talk? <laughs> you want to talk Karate Kid? You know, Cobra Kai? <laughs> like they just came out. It's like this is so much fun. So I, I wore it to the bar that night. More of my nerdy friends showed up. You know, I started wearing it to the airport, and then I was like, man, I'm just gonna wear it a lot. And then I started giving them away and we gave away like a thousand of them wow. in the span of four years. And we even got one, we gave it to one person that wore it to Antarctica. That was our last continent. So, so these, these bow ties are in seven continents. I mean, that's, you know, that's some but, reach right there. That's some reach. That's some reach. So we would just, I would, I would literally pass them out like at South by Southwest. I had like 30 of them and I would just, I would base it based off of like 
Am I compelled to connect with this person? Are they a true nerd? And then out of nowhere, I would just pull it out and be like, you must have this. <laughs> People would be like, oh my gosh, I needed this. I didn't know I needed this in my life, but I did. It's like you've so, been nerded. It's, instead of being knighted, you, you were nerd, you've you been have nerded. been anointed by the nerd. Yes. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's so, freaking awesome. So yeah, man. So so it reminds me, I put it on because it reminds me not to take things so seriously. Right. And then we all have costumes on anyway, right? Yeah. You know? So why don't I wear a costume that I actually want to wear, right? You know, you 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 rocking that Supreme hat. That's that's now you. That's now part of you, right? You know, so so instead of me wearing that professional garb that everyone else is like pretending to be. I'm just like, I'm just going to nerd out and, you know, do me. You want, you want to know a secret? And I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I've done it on videos and even in some of the presentations I've given at certain conferences, but, uh, well, virtual conferences, because that's the only time I wear them. But look. Ah, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered. I was like, those, those glasses are super thick. Yeah. Are they real glasses? <laughs> I wear glasses in real life, okay? I don't okay. like my face without glasses. But okay. I hate the glare when we make videos Ooh, of the, the ring lights. Yes. No joke, dude. yes. So I'm That's like, you know why what? When I make my stupid TikTok videos, I take my glasses off all the Ex time. Exactly. So, man, I just reached out. I, I dropped like 12 bucks on these Run DMC frames and uh, and ran with it, man. I was like, this is dope. I'm a, I'm a, this is me right here. <laughs> Run TMC. I love it. I love it. Got to represent Tim Hardaway, Mullen. There you go. There <laughs> you go. So tell me more, man. Tell me more about how this became your path. I mean, obviously yeah. you're well-educated. You didn't just pick up toys and go, Hey, no, I'm a psychologist. I'm going to uh, do treatments. Take us back. Let's be serious for just half a second and uh, get a little background on Jeff. Yeah. Let me give the Batman origin story. There Batman you go. is better than Superman. Let's just be honest. Okay. So do you remember the movie big? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hanks? It's one of my favorites of all time. Seriously. Yeah. So, yes. so I saw that movie in like third or fourth grade and he was playing with toys for a living. And I was like, you can do that for a job? What? Yeah, so man. I went home. Well, first I went to FAO Shorts and danced on a piano thinking I was going to get discovered there. Didn't happen. No, it didn't work. So I went home and I got on my word processor, or not mine, but, you know, my family's. And I literally started writing toy companies. And I, I just kept writing them. And I just didn't stop. And most of the time, like they never got back to me, you sure. know, or they in some template letter back because they're like, they didn't even know a, a kid was writing these. Right. Right. But it was like, hire me. It was like, yo, I have this great idea. So, like, sometimes they were like five pages long. Wow. Um, and I was, because I was, I was spamming before spam was a thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was like sending many letters and, and then eventually in high school, one company that went out of business right afterwards, so I shouldn't have listened to them. Uh, was like, you should go into mechanical engineering. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to be a toy designer. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. You know, went to Tufts, graduated, and then got in the industry. And you know, when you get exactly what you want and then are so disappointed when you get it, like, it does that it, not happen every time? I mean, honestly, it happens every does time. it not happen every time? Every freaking time, right? I had like my quarter life crisis. You know, we're in like I'm in a toy company and no toys, no play, no high fives, no kids, like nothing. No fun, no smiles. Walls. Yeah, padded cubicle walls. Like, why are you padding these walls right now? Like, this is very <laughs> concerning to me, you know. So, like, you know, I'm in New York, you know, and and I just bounced and I went to the to the Bay Area 
I remember doing a lot of odd jobs. At one point, I worked for Sega of America right before they went out of business. Um, and, and that was really weird. They were really bad at the end. Um, where's Ninja Gaiden? Uh, and I was like... <laughs> In memories uh, where it belongs. It never yeah, exactly. does, Don't bring that thing back ever. Shinobi! We're coming out with Shinobi 3! Oh, that's not a good idea. So I quit, and I was like... I, I was just like, what... what a, what am I going to do with my life, man? Yeah. And I came across a job on Craigslist <laughs> teaching kids engineering with Lego, like literally just playing with le- playing for a living. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to make this happen. $150 a week, a joke of jobs, seven, seven nerdy people. I was like, I'm going to do this for a little bit and I'll be it. But then I started doing it and I was like, man, I can make this a thing. I'm going to make this the thing. Yeah. And then we did it for, you know, for the next like 15 years, I grew it into the largest Lego inspired STEM organization, like in the U S and we did it all by playing. Like we had no freaking idea what we were doing. No business plan. We pick cities that we thought were fun. We pick people that we thought were fun, failed miserably all the time. Like we didn't have an invoice system for like two years. <laughs> we're like, what is that? What's the payroll? Can't we just write personal checks? Like we just were making it up. Yeah. And then eventually we got so big that Silicon Valley, because we're in the Bay Area, started paying attention to us like Facebook, Google, Adobe. And they're like, hey, do you do team building events? Do you do special events? And we're like, yeah, of course we do. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we do now. We do now. Yeah, we do now. Now that you're (laughs) going to pay us a few thousand dollars. Yes, of course, we do them all the time. And then for the next decade, I was basically running team building events for the top tech companies in the world, right? And they claim to talk about disruption and innovation and risk-taking. But I was there. And I was like, dude, like these are not psychologically safe places for you to actually play, for you to actually take a risk. So I created Rediscover Your Play, combining positive psychology and play to address like toxicity at work, how to have a difficult conversation, how to deal with your inner critic, how to get your staff in flow, like all the stuff that actually makes work worth going to. Right. Because I didn't see it even at the best companies in the world. So yeah. give, give me an example. How, how would you deal with something like that? How would, how would I have a difficult conversation with say a cube mate? Cause full disclosure here. And a lot of folks already know, but I stepped out of corporate America on January 5th, became a full-time content creator podcaster. It's what I do. This is my life. This is exactly what I wanted to do. I finally do exactly what I want so far counter to what we just said. It's not a disappointment. It's pretty cool. But right. prior to that, I spent 21 years with the exact same company in an IT role and it was in the cubicle life and existed there just autonomously almost. It felt like at times, right? Just dying slowly. Very slowly. I mean, it drove me to drink. Honestly, I became an alcoholic. I ended up in rehab seven years ago, came out of the other side. Now I'm cool again, but yeah, it drove, it, it literally drove me insane. It literally drove me insane. So how would we take and implement some of your techniques of play in dealing with a a difficult coworker, for for example, yeah. Let me, let me ask that question. Let answer that question. But before that, something you said was really really resonated with me. Okay. So so there's a book called Your Money or Your Life, and what was really interesting about the book is they 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 have you do all these crazy exercises. But one of the exercises is how much do you get paid per hour? You have to calculate it, but you have to include how much money you spend on drinks during happy hour. <laughs> Therapy, 
gas, clothing, all those things. Because when you add that all up, you're like, wait a minute, I'm only getting paid $10 an hour because I'm spending so much money on, on drinks during on happy coping hours. mechanisms, oh, just to call the coping mechanisms, just the deal. So, you know, addressing the difficult conversation, a lot of times we first talk about how you cannot be attacking a character. You have to be addressing behavior. Okay. And the impact that it's actually having. And most people go into conversations wanting to be right. And as my friend, uh, you know, Eric Bailey would say, you either choose to be right or you choose to understand, but you can't do both. And most people want to do both. They want to win and then also like kind of understand a little bit. So if I was to ha- be working with an organization or working with certain people, I'd be like, well, what's the goal of that conversation? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to understand that person's perspective? You know, are you trying to like reduce the toxicity? Because then we have to actually, then you have to go in those conversations trying to actually put yourself in that person's shoes. Sure. You know, you're going to have to be actually showing up in a way where you're actively listening, meaning like someone says something to you and you're like, well, let me, let me just rephrase what you just said. So I understand you, you know, you have to create that psychologically safe space to have that conversation. And if you don't want to, because you hate that Chad guy and you're like, ah, oh, hey, Chad, you know, then you could just, I'm not ready to have that conversation. Like I'm not ready to deal with that guy right now because when I was doing all my team building events, what I found that really frustrated me was I hated forced fun. And I felt like I was promoting it. Like, Hey, you have to be friends with Chad. Let's play with Lego with Chad. And you're like, I hate Chad's guts. Right. I'm about to throw this Lego at him. So it was just like, you know, you have to create psychologically safe spaces by starting to have a conversation. And what I say by that is like, yo, in football, the game's on Sunday. People practice all week for the game on Sunday. How much practice do we get at work? No practice. No practice on how to have a hard conversation. No practice on how to be a leader. No practice on how to run a good meeting. You're just throwing in and just like, good luck. How many horrible managers did you have because they got promoted because they did one job well? Right. Look at that face. Look at that face. Mm, I can't they drop names, bro. IT I can't. I can't drop well. names, but I sure want to. <laughs> right. They did the IT job well. They did what they did that task job well, and yes. then they got promoted to manage other people because logically it was like, well, if you did the task so well, maybe you can now show everyone mm. else. How to do it. And they're horrible. Mm. They're horrible at managing people. Mm. They, they don't even know how to communicate. You know, because they're just like, well, I, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. And it's just like, dude, you don't even know my experience. You, you don't even know who I am. And you're, you know, like, like, I don't even respect you, man. Like, and you're trying to tell me what to do. Like, ugh, ugh, too much of that, too much of that exists. So I'm trying to eradicate all that bullshit from nice. the work. Uh, dude, <laughs> and you couldn't have hit it right on the head so I mean, just so precise, so accurate, so everything right there. I, I, I witnessed it so many times. People getting promoted based on the fact they can carry out a particular function or do a particular task exceptionally well. Well, that doesn't mean they're a leader. That doesn't mean they can step up and lead people. That means they can do that one freaking task really, really well. Right. Don't, don't promote them. Say thank you. Make them a senior or something. But, but you <laughs> keep doing what you're doing because you're kicking ass at it. But that don't right. mean you need to be over 10 people. Exactly. Don't give yeah, give them that title or award. Like you're senior, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Man, or they get promoted because they're friends with the person. Oh my goodness. Like, seriously, we're we're doing that now? 
and then they run amok because that creates the culture. Yeah. And then, and uh, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot. You know, I ran, I ran this dealing with toxicity at work workshop. Hey, can I swear on this podcast? Well, you, you, <laughs> you've slipped in a half a fuck and uh, <laughs> you threw out a bullshit. So yeah, I think we're in. <laughs> I think we're already in there. We're already in it. We're already in it. You know, you just said, no, but I, I run a workshop called dealing with a-holes at work through play. Okay. Like that literally is the workshop I run with my friend Gary Ware and Yo, I, we found out from SHRM, which is like the HR organization for, you know, the U.S., $223 billion has been lost in the last five years due to toxic people. Wow. Meaning like people have quit. And this is just Fortune 500 companies. And also these are only Fortune 500 companies willing to admit that they have toxic people at work. Sure. So imagine everyone else quitting because of that one dude. Bring me any money, but I do it because it frames my day. It positively primes my day to see the day as play, right? So like today I made a TikTok video to make, start my day. Then I had this really awesome conversation with my colleague, Lauren, you know, and then what's cool is I asked this question that my friend Desiree taught me, which is how can it get any better than this? So you ask that question from a curious standpoint. Ooh, I just made this TikTok video. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Ooh, now I had this dope meeting with Lauren. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Ooh, I got accepted to this summit, the Hivery. Now I'm hanging out on the pre-meeting. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? I'm about to have a conversation with Larry Roberts, readily random. Yeah. You need to subscribe to that. Like, yo, let's go. And then you keep stacking those positively priming moments and that's how you can make your day. Now, what most people do unconsciously is they have a bad, they say they have a bad day. And I challenge that. What you had was you had a bad moment and thoughts last between nine seconds and 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And what you did was you ruminated about that bad moment over and over again. And then you primed yourself to look for the next bad moment and the next bad moment and the next bad moment. And simply switching the question when it's getting really bad and being like, all right, it's been bad so far, but how can it get any better than this? And start building that totally can shift your day and that and ultimately then totally shift your business. Wow. I, I've never heard that before, but I love it. And I'm going to give it a shot. I don't know how I can get any better than, than my day to day as it is right now. Granted, you know, I still got that new entrepreneur smell all over me. But the thing is, I think it's going to hang out for a while, honestly. And I'm going to keep asking, how can it get better than this? So, And ask it from a place of curiosity, not from a place of like results oriented. Yeah, celebration. Because, it's not celebratory. Right. Because adults, we get so fixated on results and like expectations of the thief of joy. And that's where so much of the pain and suffering comes from. 2020 was also really hard on a lot of people because they thought 2020 was going to be their year. And then yes. it wasn't. Yes. Then they couldn't let go of it. But the more you're willing to able to let go and just be in the moment, right? Like as a, as a, as a solopreneur, be in the moment with your client, be in the moment when you're on clubhouse, be in the moment when you're on podcast, stop thinking about the next thing, because frankly, the results are never going to give you the joy you want anyway, man. Look at Michael Phelps, 23 gold medals, went into depression right afterwards. Anthony Bourdain had the job that everyone wanted. You know, like, yo, we have to learn from this and learn that the results is not what's going to bring you the joy. If you think about your favorite moments mm -hmm. from like your life, what are they? Are they productive moments? Are they moments of like winning like awards or when you got that bonus? 
or are they play fun joy moments? And if they are, why are we not trying to make more of those memories? Right, man. I don't even know what to say to that other than that's exactly what we need to be doing is trying to make more and more of those memories. So I'm not even going to try to expand on it. But before we wrap, I am going to, I got to know, man, because it's been stared at me this whole freaking time. You got this painting behind you with like a pumpkin head, Pippi Longstocking, and it's tripping me out, bro. It's It's tripping me out, man. For those of you that can't see it, okay, there is what appears to be a person of some sort. Uh, with a triangular body, I'm assuming maybe that's a dress. Maybe that's a bad assumption. Uh, then it also has very long hair with, uh, what, seven, uh, like, braids coming off of this pumpkin-colored head. They're candles, dude. They're candles. With candles at the end of So she's a candelabra person. I don't Man, it is. It, there's some gems on the ground that are smoking. It looks like maybe some incense burners. Yes. Man, tell me, man, what is that all about? That is some crazy. So, so that is my artist friend, Caroline, Car- Caroline Sardine. Okay. Out of, out of St. Vincent. So my dad's from the Caribbean. Okay. You know, he, you know, uh, an island called St. Vincent in the Grenadines. So super tiny island. She made this painting back when she was like 17 and then had it in the hotel that they ran for like forever. And just last year, that hotel closed, and she mailed this to me. And I was like, "Yo, this is gonna be on all of my videos. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this in everything, just so people. You're the first podcast, and I've been on like a hundred and like forty, fifty of these. Yeah, that even asked me about this. Like, that's just like I'm gonna describe it. So I just love that you're like, see, Larry's engaged in the moment. <laughs> this is the moment. This is why this conversation is awesome. Yeah, right? That's what it's all about, man. You know, I try to rep it as much as possible just because it's super weird. It's super interesting. It's It's just like, what's happening there? And if if you're high while you're looking at this, you'd be like, (laughs) oh my goodness, the meaning of life is in the green. I see the green and my... My purpose of life is there, you know? Is her body so, a metronome? It kind of looks like a metronome. It looks like a metronome. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. It's interesting, man. It, yeah, it's. I could look at it for a long time and see all kinds of different stuff, but you know it's crazy. So awesome? I love I'm gonna, it. I'm going to get this. If, you know, if you send me the video, I'm going to clip this part and just send it to her. That's because awesome. Because she's going to love that. I'll do that, most definitely. I'll be more than happy to do that. So she needs to get her props because that is that is a very intriguing piece of art there. So yeah, Caroline Sardine. Jeff, where can people find out more about you and how they can learn how to implement play in every aspect of their lives? They can find me at rediscoveryourplay.com. And literally when you get there, hit the let's play button and let's have a conversation, man, and figure out how you can kick ass more using play and like just show up more as yourself, man. Because if we're not doing that, why are we doing what, what, what are we doing? What are yeah. we doing? Yes, for real, man. Well, Jeff, I can't thank you enough. It has been an awesome conversation, and I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day of play to join me, so I appreciate that. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This was awesome. Cool deal, Rogu man. for the win. 